0: What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Hammerlock Hangover. This is Steve, and I'm joined as usual by my buddy Jeff. Tonight, today's show, we're going to be talking about obviously AEW, the Revolution pay-per-view, the missed fireworks uh, heard around the world, and the dynamite episode that just, in my opinion, fell flat with just, just explaining they the whole thing we've got uh uh, nxt review wwe review but most importantly of all everybody we are following up last week's episode focusing on this upcoming litigation between former ring of honor champion kelly klein versus ring of honor and their parent company sinclair broadcasting we've got kelly klein's lawyer steven new on our show and uh we are looking forward to interviewing him and bringing that and all that content to you guys this week on episode 21 of the hammerlock hangover without further ado i will now introduce my partner in crime jeff jeff
1: how is it going oh it's going great we this is lucky 21 And this is the Hurt Lock hangover. We're still celebrating Lashley. Don't think that we've forgotten that Lashley is still the champion and we're still partying. Lashley, 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 Lashley. Lashley. But, yes, we're going to talk about the poof not heard around the world, the recovery, if you can call it that. Obviously, the viewers decided there wasn't much of a recovery because they stopped watching uh, and maybe took it out on NXT as well. Um, But we, like Steve said, we have Stephen P. New, who – if you didn't know, he represents Kelly Klein and Joey Mercury uh, in, in the case in two different courts here in Maryland. He's also going to touch on the uh, Joey Ryan case because he represents one of the hopefully soon to be not defendants in that case. Um, but uh, you all should know Stephen Pinu. He's sort of famously Jim Cornette's attorney, and he, if you watch Major League Wrestling, he sponsors that. You'll see his commercial at least twice every episode. So. Um, You know, as far as I know, this is the first interview. This is a Hammerlock Hangover exclusive first interview with the plaintiff's attorney in a case that could change the industry because they are challenging the independent contractor status. So, Steve, please take us on this journey.
0: Very good. Let's start with AEW. AEW revolution happened this past Sunday. We covered for unpopular review revolution. If you want to see our thoughts in detail of the entire pay-per-view match by match, please check that out. That's on YouTube, youtube youtube.com backslash unpopular review. You will find it there along with a lot of other great wrestling and movie review content. Jeff, specifically to this ending, let's talk about that. And this past Wednesday's episode of Dynamite, you had Moxley, you had Eddie Kingston try to make a save. What did you think about this?
1: Ooh, um, I like a lot of people. I'm not particularly pleased with my purchase of $50 for this pay-per-view. It was not all bad. I enjoyed most of the ladder match. Quite a bit. I enjoyed the um, uh, the street fight, especially since Taz, of course, failed. So hashtag fire Taz continues. Um, I uh, okay, but this, I mean, yes, the Christian thing, and and the Christian thing is even weirder when you hear the the story that that he didn't even have a contract signed until like the day of but they had already made the announcement and basically he was one of the only ones who fit the description hall of fame, worthy under 50 active wrestler. Um, There weren't that many that fit that category. Um, And it's just a weird story that apparently it was a handshake deal. And and none of the terms were set in stone. The contract wasn't even signed till day of, and that's just odd, but Hey, it worked out. But yeah, I mean, listen, I have nothing really against Christian, not a big fan, not a big detractor, but he was not the big signing anyone was expected. I'm sure every other podcaster you've heard from has said that. If they haven't, then they're probably on payroll of, of a certain promotion. Um, you know, it was, it was sort of another explosion that didn't explode. Uh, and it feels very TNA. And, you know, on Dynamite, he's in a segment where he's holding the, the world championship at the end. So right away, he's challenging for the world champion. Well, that feels really, really TNA. Versus pushing young stars. That's not the segment you asked me about, though. Um, <laughs> this was devastating, the 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 poof. And listen, on Wednesday, everyone by now has seen it, but on Wednesday night, basically, Kingston told the story that he had PTSD. When they heard the alarms go off and the the sparklers went, he had PTSD from prison and call him soft, whatever you want, but that's what happened. He panicked and he basically got a panic attack. That really doesn't explain why i mean first of all he's been through worse since but okay whatever we don't know what triggers ptsd then moxley's story was a little bit different actually he didn't really have a story his story was like, like i like to get drunk and kenny omega yeah. can't build, build shit um <laughs> so i guess his story is that he was really still beaten up from the three-man attack and and so he was still unconscious all that time and needed medical attention but three days later he's he's going on a bender with with uh Kingston, or presumably not three days later, because apparently they were they were at Dynamite Live. So I'm hoping they weren't drunk there and getting into fights. Though I guess that's not unheard of. Then, then you had the Omega and Callist story, which by itself was not a bad story. Basically, they're like, yeah, we don't we're not going to confirm or deny that we did we had anything to do with that. But Tony Khan likes to give you things, and we like to take things away from you. He he tries to make moments, but we make history, and we took that that from you. We took that moment from you, and that's what heels do. Mwahaha. Here's the problem. Aside from the obvious problems, the whole world saw what happened and everybody knew what happened. What about commentary? Commentary who sold this thing like the Hiroshima went off. Like they were dying there. What about the medic and the, and the ring doctor that had it running? But mostly commentary. Shivani, JR, they were, oh my God, oh my God, oh what's happened? Oh, the humanity. They didn't have a story. I posted on Twitter before Dynamite, the, I think the day before whatever, they should just pretend everything was a big explosion and, and move on because no nothing they do is going to be better. And then they tried, and my first reaction was like, okay, they tried, fine. Give them a pass, whatever. But it's sort of like when I saw Aquaman, I keep getting madder about it every time I think about it. And this is sort of the same way. It's dumber. They should have just gone with my advice and just pretended it went off like a big explosion and boom and go forward. That's my take on it. You know, commentary should have had a story too.
0: I, I have no problem. I thought this was an, a golden opportunity for them to put Kenny Omega over and please build him up more as this epic mastermind. As you know, when he turned on Adam page, it was long-term storytelling and he was a mastermind and planted seeds to get the world title and ended up getting it from Moxley back in uh, December. And here was another opportunity to say, okay, like Omega is Kenny's Joker to Moxley's Batman. Moxley even makes that reference in the promo, but why not have these guys face to face, you know, have Moxley and Kenny Uh, not Kenny Moxley and Eddie give that promo in the ring and then have Kenny come out and laugh at their face and say, Hey, I want up you clowns. You guys are idiots. Ha ha jokes on you.
1: Well, I will tell you why.
0: Go ahead. School me.
1: Well, I already told you was Sunday night because they don't want Moxley to be fighting Omega anymore. They're going to pivot. Moxley and Kingston are going to be with the, the good brothers. We already see that that's promoted as a tag team match. And we already know that that, that it, it looks like Christian is going to be the one that's that's challenging Omega. And we know that so so we're gonna be looking at six-man tags and tag team matches and mixed matches and, and mixed up singles matches. But Moxley and Omega are are not to meet again for some time.
0: See, but that's a mistake. Like here you have a guy that a lot of indie fans enjoy in eddie kingston everybody loves his promos it would have been an epic opportunity to put eddie kingston versus kenny omega and just have that program for the next couple of
1: weeks oh you might see that but you're not going to see moxley against omega
0: oh well and i and no one should again like i said last week well, well, the should have see. blown him to to bits, and we shouldn't we shouldn't be seeing him. Period. But yet here he is on our TV screen, doing his best weekend at Bernie's impression next to Eddie Kingston, who's putting his hand in a fire. Like it, they looked nonsensical.
1: All I'll say to that is that Kingston recently had several title shots and lost all of them. So he really has no business being in a, in a title program. Anyway, if they just want to call it a grudge program without the belt uh, on the line, uh, I'm sure that it it won't be. It's fine. Booking
0: it like WWE. You know what? Eddie Kingston in a non-title match gets to one up Omega. And then it leads to a title match. How about that? Fine. But, but, But you don't have, you don't need Christian. And, and who knows what that's going to, you know, since you mentioned it, let's talk about that too. You know, who knows what that leads to, right? Like he comes out here saying he's going to outwork everybody. All right. Honestly, personally, I think it's a great signing, not for the shock value, but for the fact that this guy's got a reputation for giving talent, especially young talent feedback on their in-ring ability and their work rate. And so hopefully he can help these guys tell a better story in ring and improve the quality of this wrestling. Because like we've been saying for a long time and a lot of other podcasts have been saying for a long time, AW's biggest issue is the fact that they're sloppy in the ring. They don't register moves. There's a lot of missed hits that they, they make a, uh, Make it look like people are hitting. On the same show Wednesday, you've got Maki Ito pulling punches. It's so obvious. That takes me
1: out. Well, she's Hopefully. a truss. that I mean, <laughs> you, you, my, my feelings on Joshi Wrestling, and these Joshi wrestlers in particular, are, are well-known or poorly known. Let me just say this. First of all, in a joking way, we know what follows Christian in a signing. Kurt Angle. That's that's who follows Christian. <laughs> <laughs> we we know what's next. But listen, your point is great that Christian can help these guys work and help design matches and, and things like that. The only problem I have with that is that we've said that about every other signing. We said that about Brody Lee. We said that about Matt Hardy. We said people have been we're saying that about Paul White. Okay, he's really made he's He's had Archer turn already, so, you know, he's certainly teaching him that. I mean, people said that about Jericho. Every every time there's been a WWE veteran sign, they said, oh, this is going to help AEW not be a sloppy shot. FTR. Uh, and, the, you know, uh, I don't know. Every every single time. Uh, Miro, I think people even said it about. It, it doesn't happen. These these guys are not trying to learn and they work one day a week. So it's not like they're there in wrestling school. There's no PC. So maybe if they were with them four days a week or seven days a week or whatever, you know, let's just say three or four days a week, working with them and strategizing. No, they fly in and they fly out. Um, so I do not have any belief that Christian is so great a coach that he can have that effect. I'm not sure that at 47, he wants to have that. And I can tell you who's not happy with Christian's signing or who shouldn't be, all of the other young wrestlers, but especially Ethan Page, because nobody registered that he was there. I mean, we have Ethan Page. We have Christian Cage. We have Adam Page. We have Brian Cage. We have Matt Hardy. He's with Private Party. Oh, what a Hardy Party Matt Hardy has. I mean, it's like Susuko the Musical there. I mean, come on.
0: I would have. I'm, I'm going to give you a demerit just because you didn't throw in Diamond Dallas Page as well.
1: I was thinking about it, but, um, you know, he is on some sort of legends contract with them. Is it, I I take the demerit. Very good. Hashtag fire Jeff.
0: <laughs> no, 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 not yet. Just demerit Jeff.
1: Okay. I'm on probation. Um,
0: let's move on to the other big news of AEW's Dynamite episode. And this was uh, the Inner Circle. What do they call it? The Inner Circle War Council. Yeah, this big, is, uh, yeah. The, 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 big changes were coming, Jeff. Big changes were coming. MJF and uh, Jericho uh, teased at the pay-per-view at the end of the pay-per-view because they lost to the Young Bucks. The changes were coming and changes were coming. Indeed, um, Sammy reappears, I guess, rejoins inner circle. And it appears that there was going to be a turn uh, LAX Pride and Powerful were supposed to beat down Jericho and and whatever and then Jericho really you know had full control all along. Mjf hedges his bet as a true heel and has backup his backup are FTR Wardlow, Tully Blanchard and uh, the artist formerly known as Ty Dillinger.
1: Vacant <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and vacant. I like I like seeing the that people are cropping out that picture because they're like this is the new four horsemen and they're cropping his picture out because they're like except for this fucking guy like <laughs> nobody cares about the guy that looks like Butters from South Park. So what did you think of this segment, Jeff?
1: Let me say this: this this episode of Dynamite had a bunch of sort of herky jerky resets. We had Penta sort of turning heel and, and starting a feud with Cody out of nowhere. We had Archer sort of starting a feud with Sting out of nowhere. So those are just two that, that, that come to mind. We already talked about Christian's appearance. Um, this, I mean, listen, there were probably three swerves here, very unrealistic, but I liked it. And I know not everyone liked it. They're like, oh, no, not another faction, and, and oh, it's so unrealistic. But you know, like you said, he hedged his bets. MGF hedged his bets. The worst case is had he he had a faction of nine people instead of a faction of five people, plus Tully. Um, I enjoyed this. Uh, it was it was not what I was expecting. I, everyone expected either the inner circle to turn on Jericho, and so it'd be Jericho and Sammy versus the inner circle, or then when there was the second turn, you're like, oh, Jericho, you crafty dog. But are they turning MGF face? I mean, I knew something was up when Wardlow wasn't there with them, but something could have meant anything, including that he had the night off. I mean, it's happened before. Um, So I liked it. I thought this was a lot of fun. And I'm going to say Sean Spears. (laughs) So, yes, it's herky-jerky. It made no sense. I don't think I've ever seen MJF or Wardlow interact with these guys ever. I'm sure they came up with this two days ago. But whatever it was, I enjoyed it. I liked it. And I am flabbergasted that how badly AEW did in viewership this week, coming off the pay-per-view. I mean, I know a lot of people were pissed about it, but just to see how they'd react. I mean, I was tuning in just to see how they would react, among other reasons. But even <laughs> if there were no other reasons, I would have tuned in just to just that, even though I, th- I thought NXT had a more interesting card. Um, so, yeah, I, I liked it. I, yeah, there's two factions, and it's five on five. But listen, Blood and Guts got canceled last year. Now they can do Blood and Guts. Now that things seem to be opening up. So you've got two five-on-five factions. It makes sense. If they want to do a War Games or Elimination Chamber, they've got it. Maybe Pride and Powerful will be featured more in, a, you know, FTR. I mean, it was very conspicuous that FTR wasn't in that Casino Battle Royal for the uh, tag team contendership. I don't know how that gets them closer to that picture, but it doesn't matter. I mean, titles are props. If, if they're feuding with the Inner Circle, that's, that's a top-card story. So... I liked it. I'm, I'm all for it. This has me interested. And it was the first time they did a lights out and the lights turning back on where it wasn't a giant disappointment, where it wasn't the, <laughs> the super smash brothers or the bunny blade or, you know, they came out and nobody knew who they were then. I mean, you knew what this was and, and, and yes. what it was stunning. So I, I, you know, I, I, I tip my hat to them on this one. Well done, AW. If all you remembered from revolution was the horrible finish if all you remember from dynamite was this finish, you should have turned off the TV happy.
0: You're absolutely right, Jeff. I think this ending to dynamite was noteworthy. It was something that will get the fans talking and it has gotten a lot of people talking. People are now referring to this faction as the new four horsemen. I take exception to that. Um, Because honestly, with the amount of heavy hitters in this faction, right, MJF, FTR, and granted, yeah, I know, Tully used to be part of the Four Horsemen, but it's a little bit of a knock in my eyes to refer to them as the new Four Horsemen when these guys have the opportunity again to be so much better and pave their own way. I'm not better than the Four Horsemen. They're legendary. It's the only time will tell if they can ever get close to that. But why not? Why be... Shawn Michaels always says this, right? Oh, don't be the next Shawn Michaels. Be the first you. Why be the, the second or the, the latest Four Horsemen? Be the first, whatever MJ, MJF scarf faction.
1: They're not going to call themselves the Four Horsemen. This is what the fans are doing. And did they expect this reaction? Sure. Did they want this reaction? Probably. But that's not going to be the faction's name. I don't care. I, I don't. I mean, every faction is compared to the Four Horsemen. So let's call this the the Four Horsemen with you know Paul Roma and and Mongo. Um, or you know whatever whatever variation of the not greatest four horsemen that, that you want to put together, I, I don't care. I mean I understand what you're saying, but that that's a non-issue. That's on the fans. If anyone's wants to compare them to the four horsemen, I understand it's natural. But I mean, this is not the four horsemen. But but when the four horsemen started, they weren't the four horsemen. Flair was the only <laughs> Flair was the only one that, that had a title. The rest of them were sort of, you know, journeymen. I mean, Tully was solid. Arn was new uh, and, o- you know, Oli was better known for working with, uh, I think, uh, Carl Anderson or Gre- not Carl Anderson. Uh, <laughs> who was his who was his, his uh, fake brother? Was it Greg Anderson? Oh, my God.
0: No, I I, I can't remember. All I, I know remember. is that I, it was, it was Oli
1: and Arn. No, no, there was there was there was an Anderson before Arn.
0: Oh, oh, uh, that was a- it was Gene
1: Anderson. Oh no! Um, I
0: thought it was going to be uh, Zeppo, Zeppo Anderson. Yeah,
1: Zeppo and Curly Anderson. They were, they were great.
0: <laughs> but yeah, no.
1: I mean, you know, call, call this the Freebirds with Jimmy Garvin, if you like. I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't. This doesn't bother me. The fans are doing it. By next week, they'll have a different name, and this will be behind us. I do want to say one thing because it was not that important, but people will note that I've been chronicling the failures of Nyla Rose with Vicky and her success without Vicky. So when this, this match came on, Vicky came on, I knew no, no matter what, it was five against three, it didn't matter. Vicky was there, heels <laughs> lost. Hashtag fire Vicky. Vicky equals failure. And Maki Ito, the, I mean, that was the, the, those microphone hits were right. hits. They were atrocious. I mean, people have pet their, their cats harder than that.
0: <laughs> this is uh, my kids hit me harder than that jesus christ like this i've close
1: <laughs> your kids oh have hit me God. harder than that i've never met your kids
0: <laughs> it was just fucking ridiculous like that's the sort of shit that like takes me out and and it's just the fanboy reactions that i get when i criticize her and anything any aw to be quite honest is is just laughable like I don't know, man. It's just she comes out and she's singing. I understand. Okay, she's got, supposed to have this, oh, I used to be a pop singer uh, background or, or uh, gimmick. Nobody gives a shit. Like, no, can you gives. wrestle? Oh, no, you can't no. because you can't hit anybody with the fucking microphone. Like, you're such a badass. You drop the MF yeah. all the time. But yet when it comes to really kicking ass, you completely suck.
1: Like, there's, really, there's really only four stories that I want to cover on this, and that is that Rio is apparently Ryu R Y O turned into R Y U all of a sudden for no apparent re- reason. Oh, five stories. The 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 NBA music over Ethan Page's entrance and exit. So it happened twice. So I don't I don't understand that one. Someone gonna I understand TNT made the mistake once, but twice. I, I that I don't get. Um you know, you know what I find funny about that, Jeff? Just real quick, mm-hmm. I criticized that on Twitter, and people
0: were like, That's not on AEW, that's not on Tony Khan. You know, when I watch Batman Begins on TNT or The Avengers on TNT, the NBA music doesn't show up just all of a sudden. Right. So it's some of it's gotta be AEW. I,
1: I would I, I don't know whose fault it was, but also the same night Tony Schiavone's mic was dead and Cody had to give him his, so that's I guess that's another story. But I want to point out that that Lee Johnson is now big shoddy. I think that's extremely important for people to know. And also, we're bearing the story that Curtis Axel made his return facing Cody, and he has put gone in the gym and he put on a ton. Oh, that wasn't Curtis Axel. What, what's it? I'm sorry, the producer. Oh, that was some guy named Seth Gargus. It looks like Curtis Axel <laughs> if he had exercised. Okay, sorry, can't uh, sorry about that. So that that across that story off all right good um yeah what was, there was one other story that I definitely wanted to cover on this show Hashtag and bo- #cody oh right adam page Every year is going to be the breakout star, yet now he's still mired with the Dark Order, just like I said he was going to be, and he's going to be stuck with this, and the Hardy Party got another acquisition, so he's going to be stuck with this for a while. Yes, we know the Private Party and BBB are going to get into a thing at some point, but Adam Page will still be mired in some sort of mediocre mid-card thing. Every year is next year for Adam Page, and then they sign a guy like Christian, and then they're going to sign – Chad Gable or someone else down the line who will keep Adam Page in, in the mid-card. So Adam Page, next year, in, <laughs> next year in Jerusalem, my friend, next year in Jerusalem. Wow. So, oh, and Steve, you were right. Last week I said that, that Scorpio Sky was going to take the title from Darby. They had a perfect out. Darby was beaten to hell and beaten to shit in that street match. He was weak. He wasn't full strength. Scorpio Sky is well-rested. New attitude. Is he the champion? No, you were right. I told you you yeah that's why i said you were right i actually typed here steve is going to lose his shit um <laughs> and then they cut to commentary and i don't know if this was on purpose or not but they caught on the air excalibur genuflecting meaning doing the sign of the cross to those who don't know on the air i don't know what he was doing it for maybe he thought the show was that bad they that needed to be blessed oh no um, it's because
0: he knew that scorpio sky was buried so he just yeah. gave him gave him the, his fight his last rites
1: that, that that's good. Those those are these stories that I felt were important. I'm, i i I'm, feel free to take it further or to leave AEW. In yeah.
0: The no. Um. I will say this about Scorpio Sky. I'm not, I have no rant in my back pocket for that this week because I expected it. You, you know, uh, and for obvious reasons, if you're a listener of the show, you know exactly how I feel about the way AEW books uh, people of color. So I'll just leave it at that. Um, speaking of which, uh, we had, uh, after Cody, uh, dismantled Curtis Axel 2.0, we had Pentagon show up and I love this promo. I love this attitude from Pentagon. And I like the idea of a program between Cody and Pentagon only if. Cody lays down and puts Pentagon over. Jeff, <laughs> your your laugh is already answering my question before I even ask it. What That's chance it anyway. in what chance in hell does Pentagon have in beating Cody Rhodes clean?
1: There are two chances. One is if that injury of Cody's is bad enough that he needs to take time off and get surgery. Uh, because Pentagon does the broken arm thing, so that would actually make sense. Wow, I would love it. I would love it. And I don't know how close to Brand- the brandy is to giving birth, and if he's planning to take paternity leave or not, because he doesn't. I mean, you don't need to take paternity leave, and like I said, you only work one day a week, and you know, for wrestling, so you know, it's not the end of the world. And they could certainly also get a you know, rent a long term place. I think they live in Ohio. I mean, that's what it uh, you know, that's what it says on their trademark um, petitions. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't have a place in Orlando as well. Um, but other than that, no. If if one of those two things isn't the case, there's I would say there's a pretty close to no chance.
0: Let's hope. Let's hope. I'm going to be uh, lighting some some Santeria candles for my boy Pentagon next week. Bring out the voodoo. That's right. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on to the WWE at this time. Yeah. Let's talk about SmackDown. Um, I see there's a lot of people talking about Daniel Bryan. Uh, you know, he's been getting a lot of airtime, cutting some good promos, spending some time with Roman and getting added to this fast lane card. But there's this rumor going about that I've started seeing this past week since SmackDown aired, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Do you think that Daniel Bryan somehow gets inserted into WrestleMania and Roman and Edge become a triple threat match with Daniel Bryan?
1: I've not seen that rumor. Um I, I just started it. Just kidding. Oh,
0: no, I've good. seen some places. <laughs> um,
1: I don't think so. I don't see why. I mean, it, it's it's WrestleMania. It's going to be the main event. It's going to. They're only selling, you know, I think what five or six thousand tickets. It's going to be on the network, or well, Peacock rather. Um, I, I don't. I don't think so. I, I mean, it's interesting that I don't rule it out. I mean, if he's there, it's just so he eats the pin uh so that no one else looks weak um so fine but you know just for the record daniel bryan is facing roman at fast lane for the title obviously i don't think either of us predict that he's going to win that match um if he did win then yeah i could easily see it becoming a a three-way because they'd want to put roman back in that but i i don't i mean i think that his chances of taking the title are, are smaller than pentagon's going over Cody, except for those two exceptions that I carved out. I I don't know.
0: Would you said that they, the only reason they would put him in there is for him to eat the pin. Would he eat the pin and put edge over thus making him the new universal champion?
1: I think Daniel Bryan would do whatever is asked of him if you're asking me what I think. No, I think Roman Reigns goes in the, the champion and comes out the champion. And at some point, I'm going to be right about Jimmy Uso coming back and 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 being the difference maker. So if it's not a fast lane, it'll be WrestleMania. Okay,
0: we'll see. Also on SmackDown, we had Apollo Crews uh, still working this new... Nigerian Prince angle or gimmick. Uh, This time he was flanked by uh, two members of the Nigerian militia, I guess the military. I don't know what to call them.
1: The Royal guard. Just call them the Royal guard.
0: Right. And what appeared to be uh, in many people's eyes, a spear, but what appeared in my eyes as a garden tool,
1: well, maybe it's a ceremonial spear.
0: <laughs> or a ceremonial garden tool.
1: <laughs> okay. Well, it could be. Um, hey, it's a big hoe. hey <laughs> No, we royal... know that's not what a hoe looks like.
0: <laughs> no. No, it was...
1: Well, you take the fifth. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> there I go again. Um Uh, You know, this has been getting a lot of love, and I like that they're doing something, anything with Apollo. I don't really think he needed this. I I was a big proponent of him just joining the Heyman squad and and just being heel in and of himself. But, I mean, I do remember on the Indies he was Ua Nation, so I don't know if he had a Nigerian uh, gimmick in that. I do believe that is his actual ancestry, um, I, I've heard some people say that in his ancestry, there's royalty. I don't know if that's the case or not. I once knew a princess from Sri Lanka, true story. I said, wow. She says, don't be wowed. Everybody in a certain class is a princess of some sort. So I don't know if, if it's like that, where somebody of a certain class or caste is, is, has some royalty in, in their blood at, uh, on some level. Um, I have no idea, but I'm glad they're doing something with them. The, the the royal guard apparently they are wrestlers who were in the performance center. Uh, there are people out there who know their names. They sounded familiar. I, I can't. I couldn't remember them. I haven't bothered to look it up, obviously. But they're wrestlers, so you know, expect them to be like a J and J security kind of uh, knights of the lone wolf. Which well, that never really got off the ground. But I'll see how this develops. I'll give it a chance. I'm happy Apollo's doing something. Um, but this. It, I'm not sure if I'm down with it or not, but uh, uh, open eyes, you know. I, I, I'm in the forgiving mood.
0: I like it. I, I like that it's given him an edge. I, I, you know, I applauded him for having this attitude for being told to go back to catering several weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he still now has. <laughs> as hokey as it is, some people might call it racist, but again, it's like, it's his ancestry and. I guess if he wants to turn up the the Nigerian accent, and he's comfortable with it, I I believe it's okay. I don't know.
1: I don't know it's either.
0: In, it's in the eye of the beholder. But I'm enjoying it. I like it. I, however, hokey and fake. He's re, have a lot of people calling him reverse Kofi because instead of losing the accent, he gained one. <laughs> I I like it. I enjoy it. It's entertaining. Um, and it also gives Apollo a new edge that he didn't have before, so it's great. I think it's great.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's going to be the next inter- Intercontinental Champion. I've been saying that for a while, so one day I'll be right. Oh, uh, you
0: really think? You really think that they're going to have him drop the title, uh, or uh, have Biggie drop the title this soon?
1: Yeah, I mean, by soon I mean within the next sixty days or so. I mean. It might be a fast lane. It might be a WrestleMania. Yeah, but I think I think it's happening. That doesn't mean he's not going to get it back. Um, I'm not sure that. I mean, Biggie really hasn't found himself as a character yet, which is disappointing because he has everything to do with it, including the personality. It's just I, I've been saying all along. It's it's felt a little weird, like he sort of felt like uh, almost like a heel in a face's body, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I don't think he's quite found himself yet uh, as a solo star. Um, I want to go back, though, to Attitude, because it reminded me that Daniel Bryan snuck up on Jey Uso from behind, and he also showed Edge a little Attitude either last week or two weeks ago. Do you think Daniel Bryan might be turning heel at some point? I hope not.
0: I just hope that he's just edgier. Like I feel like that's what's lacking, too, from some of these faces is that they get to be too babyface and they don't have an edge.
1: Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. There wasn't much that happened in this show. I mean... Bailey got an upsetting tweet. We don't know what that's all about, but uh, I don't even want to guess. Um, Reginald lost his uh, job. Yeah, but he but he found a, a new one with Nia, so that that's that's okay. Um, I mean, Murphy came out and Seth Rollins dismissed him. What what the hell was that? Did they did they all forget what happened? I mean, what is shouldn't it be the other way around?
0: Well, it's funny because it's funny you mentioned that and bring that up today because earlier today, we record on Thursday. So earlier today, he tweeted. I I don't know if this was from his Instagram or his Twitter account, but on social media, uh, Murphy kind of gave an excuse like, oh, the Mysterio family treated me like trash and Seth was the only guy that really took care of me. So he was kind of trying to make... Uh, a reasoning, but then also I, I I applaud him for, I guess, trying to blur the lines of kayfabe and reality because he also mentioned um, who is his partner, Blake, right? And Alexa bliss in the comment. And he's, he's saying that they they, everybody screwed him and he's been wronged by so many people in, in that he's trusted in the past. So, Again, I guess I don't know if they're trying to create some edge to him, but let's okay. let's see if this transpires to something on on Friday night.
1: Okay, well I didn't know anything about that, but that story, I mean, it's it's I I give you credit for giving him credit for trying to keep kayfabe. It sounds to me about as thin as Kingston's <laughs> story about the about the poof. I'm glad that that the Mysterio women are no longer on TV. Angie added nothing, and the whole thing with Aaliyah was creepy. Uh, I don't care what you say, Track. I know what you're saying right now. I know what you're yelling. Um, Blake, is that the last member of the Forgotten Sons who hasn't been let go?
0: Blake, uh, yes.
1: Well, maybe then that's going to be a reunion because the guy is the only one that hasn't been let go, and maybe maybe it'll be him and Murphy against Seth and someone, or maybe they'll be the new J&J security. I don't know. I mean, I... I like Murphy. I mean, I feel like how some people. Why? he's just has. He's got the look. He's got the build. He's got. I just feel like he should be booked like Pack. And if they booked him like Pack, everything would be great. But they don't. They 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 book him like crap. They basically book him like Ricochet. I mean, another guy with a whole lot of talent that they treat like crap. But at least Ricochet's been on TV. I mean, Murphy's been in witness protection.
0: You're in a very rhymy mood this episode.
1: Uh, it's susicle the musical. I'm telling you, it, you know. I don't know. I know.
0: You were rhyming uh, Adam Page and Hardy Party and Cage, no, no. and
1: it's and not now the first he- time I've done that. I, I I've been doing that the the whole time. I mean, that was just ridiculous when you introduced Ethan Cage and Christian Cage on the same night. I mean, it, I I couldn't resist that. Um, I'm sure everybody's talking about the Sami Zayn Baron Corbin story. No, no, we're just
0: Nobody's talking about
1: that. Including Nobody, us. Nobody's, talking about,
0: nobody's talking about Baron Corbin. Really. In fact, edit that
1: out. We didn't even talk about it. That never happened.
0: <laughs> um, let's talk about Monday Night Raw. Um, I found Monday Night Raw to be so disappointing this week. Like, You followed up what, what was probably their best Raw in years with this clock and the drama and the story of is Lashley going to get this belt or not? Um, with this l- just abysmal episode of raw, you know, if it wasn't for me doing other tasks, I would have said, I would have completely zoned out and fell asleep during this episode of raw. You had a lot of the same stuff between Sh- uh, Shayna and Naya doing stuff they've done before. Um, Charlotte's meandering in the back and, 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 I don't know what they're building to. I guess we'll talk about that in a second, but well, she, biggest...
1: did, she did talk to the blondes about ambition.
0: She did. She did. Oh, see, maybe blonde she's listening ambition. to us.
1: Mm-hmm. Who's been saying blonde ambition for months?
0: Are you saying that I should just give up the guns and roses uh, gimmick? They're not going to get that over.
1: No, stick to your guns and I'll give you a rose. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm just saying, I don't think that that was coincidence. I no. think they've been listening.
0: You know what's funny when you mentioned that? So when Charlotte mentioned the ambition and she's talking to Dana and Mandy, I couldn't help but think back to the conversation that she had with her father mm-hmm. about like you're always hanging around blondes. And I'm thinking, like, is are they planting seeds here or is or or is this just coincidental?
1: I don't know. I, I don't wanna do I don't want to do any gardening metaphors. You know where that got us a few minutes ago. I'm not doing it. I wanna tell you that I thought the first half of Raw was good. I thought the second half was was mostly bad, but I felt oh. the same way last week where I liked the first half and then the second half like 40 minutes were terrible and then it ended awesome. Here are my takeaways from Raw, because I think that they're comical and hopefully the audience will think they're comical too. But here's literally what I typed. Morrison's hair is ridiculous. No one cares about The Miz. Lastly's music slaps. MVP's keeping the cane, and I fucks with that. Kill The Miz as appropriate. Drew sounds whiny. Thank goodness for Seamus. I can't believe I just typed thank goodness for Seamus. Then I saw Shane and Braun, and I said, ah, Shane's hair keeps getting darker, and his jacket keeps getting darker. So we're going to keep tracking that story. Um who the fuck is Kevin Patrick? Where is my Charlie Caruso? Uh, retribution with another loss. So this continues to be idiotic. I want you to cover Shane because I sort of think it's funny, stupid that he calls Braun stupid. And then I don't, you know, the whole car Blake, Ed, uh, you know, chase thing. And then he comes out and he goes, he's so dumb and all, but Shane forgot his lines and he was really cringy. And, Maybe you can talk about that some.
0: Yeah, so Shane, somewhere in the middle of Raw, Shane ends up... uh, It was just... This storyline is just so convoluted, too. So, like, there's two segments with Shane and Braun in the episode. The first segment that happens in hour one is um, Shane comes to... uh, Braun wants an apology from Shane, and Shane gives him the apology. Mm -hmm. And then... Backstage, in another segment, I want to say during hour two, you have Sarah Schreiber roll up on Shane, and he's like, I'm having second thoughts about apologizing. Okay. Then he goes to the ring, or or no, no, Braun goes to the ring, and he's like, I hear you've got something to say to me. And Shane comes out, none of it makes sense. Then no. Shane forgets his lines. I, I, I don't know what happened here. I don't know if they were waiting for something to happen. If, uh, you know, uh, somebody was supposed to piss their pants.
1: I, yeah, I don't get it. I don't understand. You've been working with me now for several months. Shane is only a little bit younger than me. You know how many times a show I lose my train of thought. You know what happened to Shane. He's old. <laughs> so
0: no, and, but come on, it can't happen lot like this. Books.
1: Can we do play a game? If you were to script what Shane was supposed to say, what would you have had? What would, what lines would you have preferred to hear him say? Uh,
0: after he forgot his lines,
1: yes, like yeah, say he didn't oh. forget them, but you be- became his voice, like you were the fiend through Alexa.
0: If I if I had the chance to fantasy book this whole Shane thing, I would have just been like, listen. I don't understand why you've got this beef with me, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna handle you in the ring. Obviously, I can't. But let me introduce this guy who will beat the living trash out of you and then introduce Dabakato. But well,
1: don't, I don't steal know. my I, story, but okay. No, I steal my I, story. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but not you know at, after, be after, I will say this, Jeff. After he forgot his lines, he would have been much better at like Sticking his tongue out at Braun and going, and then running away and Braun just chasing him down the, down
1: the ramp. Yes. It was very Benny Hill. Like his (laughs) knees don't bend. Did you notice his knees didn't bend? (laughs) It it was a little bit odd. I also noticed something really weird that when they did the AJ Styles promo, the interview, he basically recapped every story in raw. Roy- it's like he was like the Greek narrator in, in like a play. It, it was like he was like the chorus in Deadwood or something. It was it, was, yeah. it was like recapping everything. And then, you know, I do like how Omos is getting more involved and, and things like that. And it, I mean, I, you know my theory on The Fiend. And that is that he, he's he's not suffering from burns from fire. He's suffering because he hasn't burned enough calories. And Vince wants him to lose weight before he's going to let him reappear. And I think that's why Orton keeps going in heel versus heel matches because they're not going to be feuds. They're just going to be one-off matches, you know, just to carry it week to week and keep him on TV and keep the Alexa thing going until Bray gets his fat ass back into muscle man <laughs> shape it's for the muscle man dance. And I, when he comes back, he better be thin because I, I don't want to be wrong after all this. I don't want to be wrong, period. But I know you hated this. But I love the Alexa Jack in the Box thing. And she says, not yet, but I know you hated this, but you will agree with me on this. That that Jack in the Box, when she went poof, created more pyro than they had <laughs> at the end of Revolution.
0: <laughs> this is true. Although, although um, I will say I create more poof when I go to the drop a deuce in the in the bathroom. So it's not saying much. Okay. Awesome let's talk about lashley this guy this is probably the best part of monday night raw they made him feel like a big deal they give this guy lightning i thought i was seeing thor come out this was crazy he had fake lightning a new uh new music new uh vignettes and graphics the guy felt like a big deal coming out. Like, I loved it. I feel like we haven't seen that for a champion in a long, long
2: time.
1: Plus, he's clearly a superhero because he was in a three-piece suit like four seconds before his match and then instantly in ring <laughs> gear. So clearly he can go into a phone booth and do the Wonder Woman spin and get into his uniform. No, it was great. I already said, I said what I had to say. He killed the Miz as appropriate. His new mu- music slaps. And MVP's got the cane, and that's awesome. So, yeah, no, it was great. He's Lashley, he's the almighty. He's great. He looks like a champion. Put him next to Eddie Kingston. Tell me Eddie Kingston looks like he should be in the title picture. Put him next <laughs> to Kenny Omega. Put him next to Moxley. I mean, he's, he's amazing. Lashley, I love you, Lashley. No, he's, he's amazing. Pro Lashley, one of our founding principals, and the rest of the world has caught up with us. Absolutely. welcome, Lashley. You're welcome.
0: Absolutely. we welcome all newcomers to the Smashley bandwagon. Absolutely. Um the other the last thing on Smashley, this promo that he cuts in, in the first thing you see after they recap raw uh, during the, the first couple minutes, you know uh, I want to say it was two or three weeks ago when we were talking about Lashley confronting the Miz. And I know I was critical of him saying he needs to slow down his cadence because he's he'll be more menacing if he's just like, you know, just he's very careful with his words, just like Roman is. And here you got that. I got that. I noticed it immediately. And I was like, this is this is the guy. Now Lashley's on a different level. If he can keep this attitude, you know, it's nice to have MVP every night once in a while because he's the braggadocious one. And you have um, Lashley is. I'm only going to speak when necessary.
1: I absolutely agree. There's only one thing that that I don't like, and it's not going to change. And this, you know, they call him the almighty Bobby Lashley. I would like him to revert back to his impact, TNA, thing of walking Armageddon. He's allowed to impact Lex there. People do that, WWE wouldn't do it, but it's so much cooler and so much more awesome. But aside from that, I agree. I, I endorse everything that you said.
0: Let's talk about Drew versus Sheamus. I thought this match was gonna be over last week since Drew beat Sheamus pretty clean, but yet here we are having another match. Not that I'm complaining about that because I love it when these two guys get in the ring you know that it's going to be a hell of a fight. And this one was, they had their bruises on social media right after Monday Night Raw. The one thing that I have a problem with is to set this fight up. Sheamus comes out and attacks Drew while he's cutting a promo saying he's, he wants to come after Lashley. He wants to be WrestleMania and fight Lashley. And Seamus attacks him, and he says, "I've been living in your shadow for long enough." What has Seamus been? What shadow? I don't. For years. What are you talking about, Seamus?
1: Yeah, Seamus has had more titles than Drew has, and has had more TV time than Drew, and all of that stuff. You're right. That that didn't make any sense. But listen, in a week where we, you know, where we talked about the Murphy thing moxley omega callus commentary being silent kingston this i can this i can forgive i mean if moxley and and kingston are best friends again i can accept that that sheamus and drew are, are worst enemies again and that they were this close and you know maybe it had nothing to do with with the uh, wrestling the kutum maybe maybe sheamus was just tired of drew getting the girls because he's so good looking um <laughs> that would have made more sense yeah well he didn't say why um Listen, this was a Haas match, and I think Drew needs this because he's missing something. It's like I'm a Drew fan, and I always have been. He looks yes. he looks the part, but it's almost like Adam Page. He's just missing something intangible, mm-hmm. and it's the it's it's not exactly the fire. What it is it's it's authenticity. He doesn't it, he doesn't feel like he's really fighting. That's like Adam Page. I feel like he's and the Bucks. I feel like they're play but. Everyone talks about Adam Page making the next step. The butt's already there. They're at the top of the chain. Drew lacks something, and it it is an intensity. It's certainly not look. It's certainly not his his ability to work. He's incorporated a lot of new moves. It's authenticity. He just doesn't feel real. And maybe this fight with Sheamus where they get personal and do more shoot interviews, so like when Daniel Bryan did it with The Miz and, and CM Punk, maybe that he'll find that where he can find his inner I'm not comparing them to Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock, but find that authenticity that that, that can be. It. But if not, I'm all about them becoming best friends again and going for tag team gold, and and I, I, I'd be down with that because I I want Lashley to be. He's waited 16 years, so I am for Lashley having a 16 year title run. He can give it up when he's 60.
0: 16 year title run.
1: Yeah, I'm all for that. Yeah.
0: Going back to what you were saying about Drew. I agree with you wholeheartedly except I think he's missing grit and you actually got like after the scene, after he gets jumped by Seamus, he gets up and he's angry. He's pissed and he starts kicking things around and he cuts a promo and he's so loud in this promo that he, he's blowing out the mic levels and it was so Like, it was so passionate and and, and angry. Like, I felt it. And I I immediately got up off my couch and wanted to flip something over and then thought, I can't do that because I actually paid for this shit. So I can't break my own
1: shit. You know what Drew could have used? Christian. Yeah. You could have used Christian to teach him how to work and the work rate and and all that. Oh,
0: I was going to say to just punch him in the
1: face. Oh, I I thought you were gonna say he needs to find Jesus. (laughs) He needs (laughs) that that kind of Christian.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, we're not that happy show.
1: No, definitely not. Yeah, we don't proselytize any religion.
0: Just, just punch Christian in the face. But yeah, Drew, Drew. I like Angry Drew. I want to see more of Angry Drew. I'm a big fan of Angry Drew. Um, Let's talk to close out Raw. Let's talk about this. this trend the last two weeks asuka has been out Asuka's out because Shayna kicked her tooth out and Asuka, I guess is recovering and from tooth surgery because was well, she
1: growing a tooth back I'm
0: sure she's getting an implant oh um so unless
1: that's I mean Cesaro just put on like a, a hockey guard and he kept and he kept on going
0: oh uh, so you're calling Asuka a pussy is 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 this it
1: whoa. <laughs> I I I I don't catch him here. No, I'm just, I just I I've been mean, listening. Everyone everyone handles pain and recovers in their own way. I'm I'm just just thinking of the last person I can think of that had their teeth knocked out in the middle of a match and they didn't miss any time. Um I don't know. So, I, I
0: So Oscar I ends up I don't know what to
1: say. Aro is tougher, but maybe he didn't need surgery.
0: So Oscar ends up uh what is she doing? She's she's out. So now Mm -hmm. the question is who's going to fight Oscar at WrestleMania while she's out and we can't build. And we're like four weeks away. The tooth fairy. So now you have in the last week, Charlotte laying claim to going after Oscar Shane uh, uh, going after Oscar. This past episode, you've got blonde ambition calling their shot. We want a shot at Oscar. It won't be done. Raw, raw talk. You've got Peyton Royce. Cutting a very passionate promo about why she should be favored and get a shot at Asuka. Jeff, what are we building at here? Why is everybody calling their shot and asking for Asuka?
1: I don't know, but I like it because that's how wrestling should be. Everybody should be gunning for the top title or some title um and that's one of my criticisms of wwe there only seems to be one person going for a title at a time so i'm all for it what is this going for i think maybe they're hedging their bets if they need to strip her of the title i mean maybe she had an infection maybe this is hit roots i mean i, I didn't mean to mock her earlier um I, I know that i probably did unintentionally um but it's true. Everybody handles things differently and all injuries are different. And if she needed surgery, maybe there were infections or, you know, it might be a different kind of thing. Anyway, they might be hedging her bets, their bets. That they need to strip her of the title and maybe they're setting up for a tournament or a battle Royal or something where they find out who the number one contender is. Uh, I mean, they've been holding off on Rhea's introduction. I have to believe this is tied to it in some way that they want to make it seem important. So maybe, Maybe a tournament or maybe a women's battle royal or maybe, you know, like a elimination chamber, like two elimination chambers that lead to a, a match or I don't know what they're going to do. But I, I think something that's what they're that's what they're holding on to. If she comes back, I mean, obviously, they could easily put Charlotte in there, um, you know, or they can put Rhea in there for, you know, the redemption or, or a three way, whatever it is, you um, but, yeah, that, that, that's my suspicion is that they, they think they may have to strip her of the title, come up with some sort of tournament or gimmick match, and then have, you know, probably Charlotte versus Rhea because that's how it had to get there. And then by that time, Asuka will be back and, she's, and she'll say, I want my belt, that I never lost. And then you have an instant story with instant top car people. Love it. All right, folks, as promised, we have our special guest, Stephen P. New from the Law Offices of Stephen P. New. Uh, You may know him as Jim Cornette's attorney. You may know him as the guy who sponsors Major League Wrestling and has commercials there. But he's well known in the wrestling circles. He's a plaintiff's lawyer and he's filed two suits recently, one for the Ring of Honor, former Woman of Honor champion, uh, Kelly Klein, and also for former Ring of Honor talent and as you'll learn, his role was a little bit uh, murky. His real name's Adam Birch, but you know him as Joey Mercury from J&J Security and and other things as well. Um, So there's a suit in federal court with Kelly Klein, alleging federal labor practice violations, sexual harassment, uh, workplace inequities. There's some state statutory questions in there as well um, on state law but probably for our purposes, I I think people should focus on that they are seeking declaratory judgment to invalidate the independent contractor status and to have Ms. Klein considered an employee and thus all wrestlers considered employees under these kinds of terms. Uh, The same with uh, Joey Mercury, except on the state level. So we're going to get into that. And and this is uh, Hammerlock Hangover exclusive. This is the first interview Mr. New has, has given to the podcast community. So please enjoy.
0: All right, everybody. Uh, it is time for our special guests. Uh, it's a pleasure to introduce uh, Stephen New. He is the counsel for Kelly Klein and Joey Mercury. Stephen, how are you?
2: Doing well. How are you guys?
0: Very good. Very good.
1: Doing great. Nice, nice to see you again, Steve.
2: Good to see you again.
0: And just for a little bit of uh, background, um, you are the legal counsel for Kelly Klein uh, and Joey Mercury. They are both uh, in litigation, have cases against Sinclair Broadcasting and Ring of Honor.
2: That's correct. We recently filed uh, cases in. Uh, Maryland State Court for Joey Mercury and Federal Court for Kelly Klein uh, against Ring of Honor and Sinclair. That's right. And uh, they are the plaintiffs. They are my clients. I'm in the process now of uh, being temporarily admitted to practice before those courts in Maryland. And uh, I'm looking forward to this litigation getting started.
1: Yeah, this is this is very exciting litigation because, uh, well, I mean, there were a lot. There are several counts in the Kelly Klein suit. Uh, I haven't seen the uh, Joey Mercury suit yet, so we'll certainly get to that in a little bit. But the, the thing that obviously drew everyone's attention, and and not that the other counts aren't important. Everything's important, um, but was the misclassification of the wrestler's status as independent contractor because that's potentially industry changing. Um, that's something that's been much maligned and much criticized over the years from talent from media. Andrew Yang, so uh, what I'd like to know is how, you know, what brought this case to you and, and, you know, when you saw it, did you go, wow, this, this is, this is the case, this is the one, or is it just you took the facts and you, you know, incorporated the counts that you felt fit?
2: What happened, I, I actually began following this, uh, before there was ever any kind of contact, um, You know, I follow a lot of wrestlers, I follow a lot of wrestling companies. Uh, It is a a passion of mine, Uh, as you well know. uh, I've been involved in and am involved in a lot of wrestling-related litigation. I'm in the Joey Ryan litigation right now. I'm in some other cases that I can't quite talk about just yet, just because they haven't materialized, and of course, I have a rather famous client from Louisville, Kentucky, uh, who finds himself in legal scrapes from time to time. Uh, But, uh, you know, he's a he's treasured and a beloved client. So I actually began following this case as it was unfolding, you know, sort of live uh, via Joey Mercury's Twitter feed. You know, I was seeing him tweet things about treatment of the wrestlers, how he was being Uh, sort of left out there as an agent feeling responsible for these wrestlers with no medical support, uh, doing things in violation of uh, Athletic Commission rules uh, and things like that that he was complaining about, but couldn't get anywhere. And and finally, he he said, look, I have to take a stand for principle here. I I cannot – stand by quietly regardless of what i'm being paid uh and just let this happen to people that i work with and, and brothers and sisters that i i love um, and so you know he had a a pretty tumultuous parting uh i was also seeing that you know kelly Klein was at the center of the whole concussion uh issue and whether or not Ring of Honor and Sinclair were going to renew her contract. She was, at that time, in late 2019, the uh, Women of Honor champion. In April of 19, uh, I had just watched the big ROH New Japan show at the Garden. I I was just a, a few rows back from the front row at Madison Square Garden, that Saturday night show, WrestleMania weekend, unbeknownst to me, you know, I didn't know how horribly, uh, Kelly had been injured and then there was the spot, uh, with the beautiful people after her match, when she won the women of honor championship. Uh, I didn't, you know, to the, to the untrained wrestling fan, uh, you didn't know just how badly Kelly was hurt in that match. So, I'm kind of watching all of this unfold when, uh, lo and behold, a couple months later, uh, right around or just before the holidays, I get a call at my law office from Joey Mercury. Hey, how, how are you? How are you? Uh, you? You're that lawyer that Jim Cornette plugs on his podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Once or twice a week, right? Uh, that, that would be me. Yes, yes, sir. And so he starts telling me more about this. Um, and another wrestler uh, who wrestles a lot, and he's in one of the big two companies right now, uh, actually called me up. I had met him at the same WrestleMania weekend and said look uh kelly klein is a friend of mine and she's looking for a lawyer and i said well it's kind of funny uh joey mercury called the office the other day he said do you, do you mind if i give kelly your number she's looking for counsel and things like that and i said sure and it just so happened that uh, you know we uh set up a time they came to beckley we had uh meetings and and went over uh, whether, you know, their cases looked like uh, they were able to be presented. Lots of research. I mean, you know, there's, there's a reason why uh, it took about a year uh, putting these complaints together. This is uh, extremely complex litigation. Uh, it, it is not for the faint of heart. It needed to be very well researched before filing. There are lots and lots of, of ins and outs having to do not so much with the sport of professional wrestling as much as as having to do with uh, Maryland employment law uh, of, of various kinds and the arbitration agreements. And it, it, is this contract even a contract? Really and then that's one of the things we're asking a judge to do is to ask that the independent contractor agreement uh, isn't even a valid contract. And I think the most important part of the litigation uh, and I'm in no way minimizing uh, you know Joey's and Kelly's stories that they want to tell about their experiences, how they were sure. treating the professional wrestling industry. but the game changer here, will be if we can get a federal court to make a declaration that professional wrestlers are not independent contractors, but are in fact employees of these wrestling companies that they they are owed compensation as employees. They are entitled to benefits like unemployment, workers' compensation, things like that. Uh, It has the potential to be a real industry-wide game changer I'm excited about this litigation.
1: I have um, a, a question, I, I wasn't even anticipating asking this, but, and I don't know, I, I well, you probably do know the answer, because you said you were involved in, in the Joey Ryan litigation or, or some of those cases. Uh, and I know you've been in, you know, you've represented uh, Jim Cornette, and, uh, among other things. So my question is, are the Ring of Honor talent contracts much different than any other wrestling promotion or large wrestling promotion?
2: no they're they're, they're standard fair I've had occasion to review uh, WWE talent contracts I have had occasion to review aew talent contracts and and I, I also have reviewed an impact talent contract it's standard fair it's yeah. it's standard fair in there uh, for uh, what the professional wrestling Industry yeah, calls was, an independent contractor agreement.
1: That was the answer I was expecting, but I wanted to confirm it with someone in the know and someone that's not me. Um, Maryland has a has a pretty large list of things that, that uh, exclude employers from classifying people as independent contractors. So this probably is a good jurisdiction for you to to test that on a state level. Um, though I know Sinclair and Ring of Honor are both based in Maryland, so I don't know if that was tactical or just, you know, good luck or both. Um, but, you know, maybe you, you can address that a little bit as, as well.
2: Well, I mean, we were going to be stuck in Maryland, obviously. Uh, we had no choice. Both companies are obviously headquartered there. Uh, even if we filed in another jurisdiction and it was appropriate to be brought there, I believe, uh, choice of law, uh, to, to bore your non-lawyer uh, <laughs> listeners, the choice of law would be Maryland law anyway. Uh, but I, it, it's perfectly fine. Uh, we are fortunate that there are some pretty severe penalties for companies who misclassify and the contractors who should be classified as as employees.
1: I think that we probably want to spend most of our time on Kelly's suit but, but I am curious about a couple of things about Joey's and I don't mean to to minimize it but but hers was the first and the one that got most of the press but uh, one you said you filed for Joey under state law and state court so what's the main differences between her suit and his and why did you choose state court for his? It, the
2: the main reason why we chose state court For his is the the almost whistleblower nature of his. Uh, And, you know, Maryland has this, like, malicious firing type standard. Uh, You know, uh, it it goes by another name in West Virginia and some other jurisdictions. So there was one particular uh, count that I thought was... Most relevant, most pertinent for Joey's lawsuit, and um, it's less pertinent for Kelly's. Uh, and he has some of the misclassification things as well. Uh, there's, there's obviously, uh, you know, we take issue with uh, even if the contract is found valid. Uh, Joey had no definitive job description. He said it was like. You know, one day you're a trainer, one, one day you're a road agent, you know, one day you're you're making uh, lodging uh, reservations. He, he said it was just all over the map. And so but having to do more with the way he parted the company, I thought that state court was probably the, the better arena for some of the particular allegations that we made for his case as opposed to some of the other kinds that we were making uh, that I wanted to be in federal court with Kelly Klein.
1: Yeah. I saw Joey's contract and his contract is for a wrestler. And, you know, I never saw him wrestle on TV and, and ring of honor, you know, doesn't do a whole lot of shows, but they air their, their house shows on their TV show, or at least they used to. And I never saw him once on TV. So and from your descriptions and descriptions in the media over the last couple of years, it seemed like he was more of a producer, agent, something like that. So is that part of is that part and parcel of the theory? Is that he's he has a contract for a wrestler, but he was doing pretty much everything but?
2: Exactly. That that is that is exactly right. And he was even renewed. And Ring of Honor and Sinclair didn't take the time to accurately describe his job in the contract use the correct contract. Of course, I don't even know if they had, uh, agent contracts at that time. You know, that's something that's going to have to be borne out in discovery and he got no job description. You know, it was basic. I, I know this one other thing. You. Uh,
1: oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, I noticed one other thing in, in his contract, which was and hers, by the way, that they're clearly outdated because they they in the places they exclude, of course, they exclude AEW, they exclude WWE, but they did not take out global force wrestling that to my knowledge doesn't exist. Lucha Underground, which hasn't existed in what, five, six, seven years. Um, so and I think global force hasn't existed in something like that. So while they added in AEW, they they didn't take out Uh, several others. So there wasn't a lot of attention paid to the contract. So that sort of supports what you were saying, Uh, maybe in sort of a red herring, trivial sort of way, but it does show a lack of attention to, well, details. You know, we like to say in wrestling, people like to throw around the term sloppy shop. Um, But we're both lawyers, and you do more litigation, I do probably more business and other stuff. But I often talk to clients who say, what do you think of this contract? They say, this contract looks terrible. I really, but they're like, I really like this person. I want to go into business with them. You say that now, but all I can tell you is I would not sign a contract. I would rather have a contract which is hard on me, but makes sense and looks like a contract than one that looks good, but doesn't really like a contract at all. Because that is an indication of the person you're doing business with. That That is their best foot forward. So... You know, I don't know if that's baked into sort of your theory.
2: It, it is, in fact, baked into the theory that, you know, the fact that, um, you know, almost what were these guys thinking? You know, contracts are going to be construed against the drafter. That's, that's first year 1L contracts, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, it absolutely plays into our theory of the judge construing these contracts uh, even more so against Ring of Honor and Sinclair. I mean, Sinclair... Is a multi-billion-dollar corporation. Surely they can have better talent contracts drawn up than these. Uh, yeah, I,
1: I, I was a little bit surprised when when I saw that in there. Obviously, you um, want I to segue
0: want... into into the Kelly Klein uh, lawsuit.
1: I, I do want to give him a you know because I do want to segue into the Kelly Klein suit, but to not short give Joey short shrift. Steve, is there anything that you want to tell us about Joey's suit that that he's authorized you to say to sort of tell us what, what is the meat of his case before we sort of move on to Kelly's? Because again, I, I want to give his case the respect it deserves as well, and him the respect he deserves.
2: Absolutely, and the, and the main thing that I can say about Joey Mercury is that you know he's got a heart as big as All Outdoors, and you can see in the screen captures the, the emails between him and talent that he was trying to take care of, just how much he loved those guys and girls and just how much he was an advocate for them behind the scenes. And uh, that's all I'm going to say. The other thing is, Joey's a lot smarter than a lot of people give him credit for. And this litigation is going to bear that out because uh, he was very smart when he started to realize things like lack of concussion protocol, violation of state athletic commission rules, things like that, he documented everything. He documented every text message, every text conversation, uh, you know, and just, you know, the, the plaintiffs don't always do that. I don't think Joey was doing that necessarily with an eye towards litigation. He honestly believed that when he quit Ring of Honor, it would serve as a wake up call, it, 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 that it would serve as a wake up call to, to Ring of Honor and to Sinclair. And they would go, wow, you, you know, we, we hear everything that you've been saying for these months now. Uh, let's get in and, and start really paying attention to that. Uh, turn the company around, get an actual HR involved uh, with some of these issues, get get better medical and it didn't serve as as the wake up call that, that he hoped that that would, and, and I think that that was a little disappointing for him. But to his credit, uh, and you know, Ring of Honor will find this out if they're underestimating him. Uh, you know, text text messages and text conversations don't lie.
1: No, my Steve. My Steve, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it over to you so you can go into the the heart. And and Steve is being the lay layman here. I'm sure you're going to ask the questions that the audience really wants to hear.
0: Yeah. So, um, and I, not again, I, again, we don't want to shortchange Joey's uh, suit, but I feel like a lot of the things that will uh, be discussed during the Kelly Klein lawsuit are going to also overlap with Joey's um lawsuit, especially when it comes to, um, the, the, the concussion protocols and that sort of thing. Right. So, or lack right. thereof. Right. Um, so just to, just to recap, Kelly, uh, is suing Sinclair and ring of honor, um, for a variety of, of, um, counts, discrimination and yes. harassment Unsafe work environment, unpaid royalties, abusive discharge—just to name the heavy hitters. Right. Uh, let's let's go through each one of those, and 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 just to kind of give Kelly's point of view. Obviously, you're her counsel, so uh, she's not here at the moment, but you speak for her. Um, let's start with discrimination and harassment.
2: Well, the discrimination and harassment stems from. Uh, kelly's belief and what we believe will be borne out in the discovery process that women talent in ring of honor was criminally underpaid uh that there was a huge gender disparity between what the male superstars were earning versus what the female superstars were earning in particular the women of honor championship and where that ties in with the misclassification angle is, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, well, you know, she was making twenty grand a year, but it there were only twenty guaranteed shots that she had to make, only twenty guaranteed appearances. Well, a thousand a shot—that's that's great, but Ring of Honor controlled where else uh, its Women of Honor champion could wrestle." You know, they were very particular about uh, Kelly on indies uh, and and wrestling for different companies. And they controlled every aspect of that. But it's that aspect of the harassment has to do with the pay disparity between male superstars, female superstars. The other aspect of that uh, also has to do with the way she perceived being treated after she made a complaint about Jay Lethal, uh, about him being favored in the training dojo, uh, about her being told she couldn't go certain places that Jay Lethal was, instead of him being told, "Hey, that's our Women of Honor champion. Uh, if there was something between the two of you, that, you know, that was unwelcome." And then Jay, uh, you stay away from her. And there never was really an investigation into the allegations that Kelly made. Uh, it ties into Kelly and Joey's theory, uh, that Sinclair's HR, uh, actually functions as ring of honors HR. And that's where we kind of get the, the civil conspiracy joint venture, um uh, Alter ego theories that you you know Sinclair's using its HR uh, for Ring of Honor's benefit. They share a an HR department, yet Sinclair, with all of its resources, gets a sexual harassment complaint against uh, Jamar Shipman, otherwise known as Jay Lethal, and they do nothing with it. They they don't handle it. So there's kind of the. You know the Cliff Notes version of that count.
0: Now, Stephen, what were the allegations that Kelly Klein is alleging uh, happened?
2: There were just some unwanted advances over a number of times. Uh, This this
1: is specific to Jay Lethal, right? Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. Um, Going back to um, you mentioned Ring of Honor was uh, uh controlling over where their champion can appear um is it safe to say ring of honor would tell kelly as our champion you can't show up to these indie promotions because you're our champion or yes. was it more or was it more you can't show up with our title to these indie promotions, but you can go ahead and work in those indie promotions.
2: Some, some of each of that, you know, there, there, there are, there will be instances of each of that born out in discovery.
0: And in the basic independent contractor claw, uh, contract, there's a clause in it, right? That says the company shall have no right, uh, to and shall not exercise control the manner means or methods, which a performer, the talent um, uses to perform the services required of the performer here under. So is that to say that that clause is stating, Hey, I'm an independent contractor you can't tell me where to go and where I can't
2: work it, it it's partial both uh, you know if that were the case then Kelly Klein should be able to choose her ring attire her music her finisher uh, you know I, I suppose you know with the exception of it, it is the first Wrestling industry, uh, you you have you have to have someone you know who's who's calling the ends of the matches. But these matches were were very laid out. Kelly had zero creative control over the length, flow, who her opponent was. Uh, that's a big part uh, of that, that that ties in with that very paragraph that you're reading there ring of honor says we have no control over the manner in which Kelly Pond does her job as a professional wrestling, except they control every aspect of it.
1: Okay. I have a question for you and I'm going to give it back to Steve, but was there a difference in the way they treated Kelly versus the male performers?
2: Do you mean in, in regard to the, the in-ring outside,
1: outside bookings? non-Ring of Honor appearances?
2: I, I'm not sure about that. Uh, and, and that's going to be the kind of thing that's going to have to come out in discovery. Uh, you know, and, and, it, and it will have bearing whether they're exclusive or non-exclusive deals. You know, hers is supposed to be a non-exclusive deal. So I want to make sure that I'm comparing uh, apples to apples when, right. when we compare... Uh, Her appearances at indies or other promotions, things like that, with talent who have supposed also non-exclusive agreements.
1: Steve, back to you.
0: Thank you. Um, So, another issue that she's she's suing uh, against, I guess. Again, I'm the layman here. I don't know the the correct legal vernacular.
2: Sure. not in the complaint.
0: Thank you. There you go. It is unsafe work environment right? Um, most yes. notably, there's no medical staff on hand. Now, as we've already discussed, Kelly suffered at least one concussion that we was made public um, while wrestling for a Ring of Honor. Um, elaborate a little bit more on the unsafe work environment.
2: Sure. Uh, the. Maryland Athletic Commission rules and the Athletic Commission rules of other states that have athletic commissions that that govern professional wrestling dictate uh, the presence of, if not a physician at least, uh, highly trained paramedic, that type of person. Uh, the, The testimony will be that many occasions there was not a a medically trained person of any type be they paramedic nurse uh pa uh certainly not a physician anywhere uh at many ring of honor uh house shows pay-per-views what have you and then when kelly would sustain these concussions and there was more than one uh Hmm. there was no definitive protocol uh to follow uh You know, Ring of Honor's counter as well. You know, if someone got hurt bad, uh, we could get them to, uh, as WWE calls it, a local medical facility. Uh, And from time to time, that did happen. Uh, But there was no one present at the time right there at the match following uh, a concussion protocol. And that was a big sticking point. Uh, something that Joey Mercury complained about for a long time. A- and then uh, Kelly Klein also made that a key point of her contract renegotiation with Ring of Honor when the contract was set to expire, that she wanted things like that addressed in the contract uh, and they were just left out there.
1: I remember hearing from... I think, I hope I got the wrestler's name right, and it's his stage name, I don't know if it's his real name, but Alex Shelley, had been working with Ring of Honor, and I believe he's also, a, uh, he was a physical therapy student or an EMT or something like that, and he said that basically he was the closest thing to medical staff on shows that he worked, or one show, that at least one show. Uh, if you're comfortable confirming or denying that you heard that report, I assume he's gonna be someone that you are at least interested, in deposing or talking to uh you know i i don't know if you absolutely
2: to... i i want to uh i want to depose him uh and because i i want to hear direct from him what he was told from ring of honor management uh was his responsibility
1: yeah we had an employment lawyer on uh from maryland last week who you know was c- completely unfamiliar with wrestling but represents a lot of independent contractors and not for nothing but but he thought that that you had a very good chance of of having that arbitration
2: provision defeated from his lips to God's ears yeah
0: <laughs> steven i want to go back to um the the claims about the unsafe work environment um if the question will be asked obviously if kelly had concerns and joey had concerns who did they who did they raise them with or or could they could they raise them with anybody i know when i you know the bill the the job that pays my bills and puts food on my table they have a hotline right hey anonymous tip line or you want to make a complaint 800 where does kelly and joey go or any other wrestler roh wrestler
2: well, for an ROH wrestler, their sort of chain of command what would be an agent uh, like Joey Mercury, for instance. And then, be- because the agents are going to have more close contact with upper management, like a Greg Gilliland, like a Joe Koff. So, that was sort of the way that if a wrestler was injured, for instance, and wanted ROH to cover the medical bills, you know, I, I know one of the Lucha superstars or Ring of Honor had a horrible, blew their knee out during a match. Ring of Honor uh, went round and round about would they compensate him, did he need to get the treatment, and then they would compensate him back, or it was just Whole big ordeal, uh, but a lot of times the chain of command was road agent Gilliland and Nicoff for raising concerns, and uh, you know that they, they Kelly at least as as the Women of Honor champion and coming up on her renegotiation probably had more direct contact as a talent. With Gilliland and Koff, than your normal superstar may, you know, who say mid mid deal, you know. um, So there there was a lot of instances there as Kelly Klein's contract was expiring, for her to interact via email with Baruch upper management.
0: Did she make any any complaints to the upper management about these concussion protocols and other unsafe work uh, environment issues?
2: She did. She
0: did. And we have those emails. Okay. Jeff, you want to ask something?
1: Yeah. I what I, I, I really want to give an open-ended question to Steve, our, our guest Steve, to just sort of give his overview of of the cases and the and the strong points and, and the counts. Just, you know, not like we're the jury, but sort of if you were going to give your opening statement of sorts, you reserve the right to change your opening statement as you do discovery and whatnot, but <laughs> what, what do you want people to know? What does Kelly, what do Kelly and Joey want people to know?
2: You know, what do they think went wrong? And well, you could take it from there. Sure. Um, if I were trying to convince a jury in five minutes of the correctness of my client's case, I would simply say this, you have a multi-billion dollar corporation, who has decided that it wanted to get into the professional wrestling industry. Kudos. Good. I love professional wrestling. I love professional wrestlers. They deserve to be treated with dignity, with respect, like human beings. And uh, it's unfair to take from them their talent uh, at a very high price and not compensate them adequately. It's unfair to all of them, to classify them as independent contractors. When you're a multi-billion dollar corporation and uh, you control every aspect of how it is uh, that they're doing what they're doing, that makes you money. Uh, It is unfair to the talent to ask them to go out there and perform dangerous maneuvers for the Enjoyment and benefit of the watching audience. And then uh, if something goes bad, if someone uh, hits their head to not even have so much as a paramedic in the back to take care of them. uh, These were Sinclair employees. They deserved to be paid accordingly. They deserve the benefits. Uh, that they're entitled to, and the women deserve, unless ROH can prove otherwise, the women deserve just as much as the men. Kelly Klein can prove that her YouTube streams, that her DVD sales were just as strong as the vast majority of ROH's male talent, and, and, and she deserved to be treated that way and most importantly when people like joey mercury and kelly klein bring this stuff up to management it's management's obligation to take that even higher up the chain uh for the benefit of everyone and say hey what are we doing that's perhaps substandard and how do we make that better uh if you want your company to be one of the big boys and to be a place where wrestlers want to come and wrestle, uh, do, do the right thing. It is so easy to do the right thing. Uh, it may cost a little bit more money uh, in the short, short term, but the gains, the respect of the guys and the girls and everyone in your promotion, uh, that's the long game and and that's worth it. And for whatever reason, uh, Ring of Honor and Sinclair chose the short game. They chose to cut corners. These were deliberate decisions that management of Ring of Honor and Sinclair made. Uh, They have to pay for that.
1: And to clarify, on Kelly's case, the federal uh, cases are uh, the sexual harassment and labor standards, and the Maryland cases are the, the the safety, the Maryland independent contractor. I guess it's federal independent. I know there's federal independent contractor tests for the IRS. Um, so maybe you could break down the federal versus the state aspects to, to Kelly's claims.
2: Well, I mean, uh, some of the cases, as you know, arise uh, under Maryland state law. We'll be asking the federal court in Maryland to apply some state law. Uh, in, in other instances, we will be looking uh, to uh, the federal law, uh, it, you know, and, and asking the judge to apply federal law to, to some of these counts. Uh, it, 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 it's pretty clear uh, in her complaint any time that we're uh, relying on a Maryland statute, uh, abusive discharge or, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's clearly set forth in the lawsuit what we're relying on and uh and how we're asking the judge to apply that
1: i have a couple other questions and i'm sure the first answer is yes and and i'm sure you can't answer and you won't uh nor should you probably but um the answer will be good enough just on yes or no but have you been getting a lot of calls from other wrestlers with similar concerns yes
2: Uh, there there are a number of wrestlers in each of the what you call big promotions, the the bigger than the indies, let's say, who have these concerns that are watching Kelly Klein and Joey Mercury's lawsuits with great interest.
1: I am sure we're looking at it with great interest too, as you know, obviously. Uh, and one thing, not on their cases at all, but I, I can't let it go that you mentioned earlier that you were representing or you were involved in cases with another Joey. Are you able to speak at any uh, on any level as to your involvement in any of the Joey Ryan cases or case?
2: Sure. Uh, sure. I, I'm, I'm happy to um, learn today via social media, and I have not confirmed this with PACER filings or anything like that. Uh, that Joey Ryan intends to dismiss uh, his lawsuit against my client Pelli primo uh, Pelli primo reached out to me back in the fall when Joey Ryan sued him for uh, what what we kind of like to refer to as, as Pelly's 38 minute rant video on on YouTube having to do with Joey and uh, Pelley's ex-fiance. Uh, Pelly happened to know a great deal uh, about what had gone on uh, vis-a-vis Joey Ryan and a lot of these female superstars uh, through means that I can't reveal at the moment. But needless to say, the, the, the proof was ours uh, and is in our possession. So uh, Joey Ryan first sued Pelle out in california uh, we got that case dismissed on a jurisdictional basis and, and the judge in california found that the case should have been brought if at all in district of pennsylvania case was transferred out of central district of california to the eastern district of pennsylvania uh, where it has been uh, Pelle asked for a few extra days to secure Local counsel, which we have, uh, as of just last week, uh, they were in the process of assisting me with filing an answer countersuit and Joey Ryan announced this week that in addition to the other lawsuits, he was dismissing one of which I was involved in, uh, I won't reveal that client's name, uh, except to say it was, it was a female superstar and uh he dismissed that case already and now appears ready to dismiss penalties also
1: i understand he's going to go forward with the impact case which personally from my standpoint is wonderful not because i think that he has a case but just because of all the information that will come out of discovery um in it and all sorts of things i'm curious about now Pelly, is Pelly the the individual that has a GoFundMe page for their legal fees, or is that someone else? No, that's that's Pelly,
2: you know, because – and and at the time Pelly started that, you know, he he was thinking that he he may be out in California uh, defending himself uh, from all of this. Uh, Whether it's California or Pennsylvania, uh, litigation mm -hmm. is expensive. Yeah.
1: No, no, uh, we we support – People giving to the GoFundmes of not just Pelly but anybody who is defending themselves in the in the Joey Ryan cases or Joseph Meehan cases. Um, so, listeners, if you see the the GoFundmes starting with Pelle's, uh and they're still active, please contribute to them. Federal litigation is not cheap, and no litigation is cheap. And federal litigation is probably you know fifty percent more than state litigation. So this is no joke. Um, Impact can pay their own bills. Um, But uh, so, yes, support Steve's client and and the unknown, unidentified people as well. Look into it. Um, Anything else that you want to tell us?
2: Not really. I I look forward to uh, litigating. This case is a great deal. Uh, They've been a long time coming, but we wanted to make sure when we got started that everything was researched. As well as it possibly could be, uh, we know that uh, the responses uh, from Ring of Honor and Sinclair uh, are going to be uh, strong. Uh, you know that they're going to probably vigorously defend these cases, and and that's fine. I, I was telling a, a client yesterday in the wrestling business. You, you'd know her if I told you who it was. Um, I, I, I've, I've sued. Lots of big multinational corporations, uh, British Petroleum, Hyundai, Mitsubishi, uh, b- big, big companies, uh, McKesson, Cardinal, drug companies. Uh, and, uh, you know, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. I, you know, I'm just a, <laughs> just a sm- small caveman lawyer from southern West Virginia here. Uh, but you know, I, I bring that coal miner mentality. Uh, they may beat me in this litigation. Damn, they're not going to outwork me. I know that much. So, but I believe at the, at the end of the day, the wrestling industry is going to set up and take notice of this litigation. Um, I believe at the end of the day, a lot of wrestlers, uh, eyes are going to be opened. If we get a federal judge's decision here in our favor, that wrestlers are employees and not independent contractors. Uh, that, that phone may be ringing more than it currently is. Oh, yeah,
1: no, definitely. Um, Steve, <laughs> I want to, we are going to follow this case closely. We appreciate your being on. I think this is the first podcast you've done or at least private podcast. Uh, I'm sure Jim has information, um, but uh, we very much appreciate it. Please send our regards to your clients. We wish them well. Uh, we certainly wish you success in this litigation, which is success for them. Everyone's looking at it. Um, and hopefully you'll keep in touch and keep us in the loop. And uh, we'll, we'll certainly uh, keep in touch with you. And if you do get any insights on the fair use thing or your partner does, if they if they could text me or whatever, reach out normal ways, that would be fabulous. But really appreciate you being on. Uh, you have an open line here, as you know. Uh, And as do your clients, or potential clients, or future clients,
2: and past clients. That sounds great. Thank you so much for uh, reaching out, uh, giving us a platform to speak about this litigation. And as things develop, uh, me and my clients will be in touch with you. Thank you.
0: Very good. Thank you, Stephen.
1: Yes. Good night, Stephen. Get some rest. See you guys. Take care. Take care.
0: All right, everybody, that was a very interesting interview with Stephen P. New. That is the counsel for Kelly Klein and Joey Mercury. Very interesting stuff, uh, right, Jeff?
1: Oh, yeah, very interesting stuff. And we're going to keep track of that story. And we're going to keep in touch with with Steve.
0: Yeah, also lots of uh, information regarding Joey Ryan as well. I mean, the dismissals um, and... And, yeah, just uh, I feel like uh, a, lot of, a lot of good wrestling info was, was dropped right there.
1: Yeah, no, that was a bonus. I had no idea he was involved with any of those cases. I guess it shouldn't have surprised me. Um, so, listen, I, I know that people think of him as a plaintiff's attorney and, and Jim Cornette's strongman, but the stuff he's doing both defending uh, Pele and uh, representing Kelly and Joey here, I mean, I think as far as the wrestling community should be concerned, this is heroic. These are not easy it, cases he's taking and these are not cheap cases he's taking and he's putting money into these cases as well. So thank you, Stephen.
0: Yeah, very good. And we will be following this story uh, along with any other wrestling stories that uh, find themselves in litigation. This has kind of become our thing. So we'll keep at it. And I hope you guys are enjoying it. Please make sure you leave a like or even a message on our Facebook page. That's Hammerlock Hangover Pod um, on Facebook. Go search it and uh, yeah, give us a line, or you can email us at hammerlockhangover at gmail.com. And yeah, tell us what you think of the episode and the interviews. You like them, you don't like them. Yeah, feedback is always appreciated. Guys, let's continue our reviews of this week's show. Let's just jump into NXT right now. Good episode of NXT, in my opinion. Um, You had NXT open with, uh, you know, the tease of two big announcements. The first of one of which being the debut of the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. And these titles are given to Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez by William Regal. A lot of people online complaining, arguing that this was uh, nonsense. Why not just give them the two titles two weeks ago when they won the Dusty Classic? Why not debut the titles then? And also what further infuriated some fans this week was you gave these titles to Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez, and then 30 minutes later, an hour later, you have them drop them to Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Why bother giving them the titles to begin with? I've got my own opinions, but before I get to those, Jeff, what are your thoughts?
1: I mean, I agree with most of what you said. Most of that fan criticism, it didn't make any sense to me on any level. I mean, the only thing I saw is that Io Shirai said to Raquel, I want you next. So, I mean, I guess that's why you take the titles off them because... You want her to be paired with Io, but you can have people with two titles. Asuka, <laughs> I mean, has two titles now technically. Uh, well, actually, not now technically, but she did for a while. So as did uh, Bailey, and and I think Sasha too for for a bit. Um, anyway, that that so that was not n- necessary. Um, you know, the whole thing with the Raw official and Adam Pearce. I thought that was going to play a bigger role, other than forcing Steven Regal's hand to create women's tag team ta- championships for NXT. Um, I mean, and I don't see them creating these belts for a unification match between the the women's tag team belts. I mean, that would make sense, but that's not WWE. They make belts to sell them and to keep them. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, that would make sense to me if there was going to be a unification, but I don't think that's going to happen. Let's say that's my 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 hope, but it's it's not. I don't know. I agree with the fans. None of it makes sense. Why give them the titles and only have them lose to Ember and Shotzi later on? I guess the history books will show that they're the first ever women's tag team champions. So it'll be in yep. the history books for what that's worth. Raquel I, will hopefully go on to bigger and better. Maybe the you know we've always sort of said that Raquel probably needs to spin off from Dakota. So maybe she'll blame Dakota for the loss. Dakota did have a little minor screw-up there. They didn't play up on it very much, but maybe that'll build, and, and maybe that'll cause that schism. So I don't know. I mean, the booking in NXT is usually pretty good, so I'm going to let it play out. But my reaction was the same as what you just reported. They didn't make a whole lot of sense, but I'll watch it. There's certainly a lot of women down there that are really, really good. Um, I don't know why they can't be challenging for the for – the, Main roster women's tag team championships, they should, in my opinion, just like the cruiserweight belt should be uh, on all brands, but it's not. So, okay. At least they, they, you know, more belts mean more stories. So, okay.
0: Uh, I agree with most of that. And I think what you mentioned about the idea of putting it on Raquel and Dakota just so that way the history books show Raquel Gonzalez as the first ever women's tag team champion
1: well i think it's more what? for dakota kai to be the first dusty cup champion and raquel gonzalez i have a feeling that that they told dakota you've hit your apex you're gonna be oh, really player coach yeah so i think this this is for her to be in the record books yes of course raquel will be just as well but raquel has she's just started her career she's she's going to have another 10 years. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't learn that the Dakota has some sort of, you know, uh, degenerative injury or something like that. But I, I have a feeling that, that, that they've said, you know, we have a lot of women who are, you know, better than you or just as good as you and bigger and more imposing. And and that's the direction we're going in. So we want you to have these things on your CV and and have them forever. And there's always a place for you just like Candace Gargano or Candice you, you'll always be here. You'll always be a player coach. You, you can always be a coach. You can be a booker. You have a job for life, but you know, you know, maybe we'll throw you a title every now and then when we can, but, but this, this is sort of your, your, your opus.
0: Wow. I can see that too. Wow. Um. Speaking of uh, Raquel, it looks like the next step for her is squaring off with Eo Shirai for the retaining NXT. the
1: title over Tony Storm. <laughs> we should mention that.
0: Yes. Yes. Um, so I quickly glazed over that to get to EO because I've heard a lot of criticism about EO being a boring champion. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Disagree. I th- I think she's one of the best female wrestlers in the world. She's she's in she's in the top ten. I I don't know what people are talking about. As far as like her
0: gimmick, her her persona.
1: <sighs> well, she's her just, character. Okay, I, I could see that. She's she's just sort of a, a you know sort of standard white meat baby face, you know, champion. She was much more interesting sort of like the the sort of crazed heel, but everyone's more interesting as a heel, or most everyone. But she's really you know, we criticized one of her matches because it just seemed like she was going from spot to spot to spot, but she didn't draw up the match. So, you know, that's that's not on her. And and even if it is so what? But she she's she's great. So I, you know, she is she's really fun to watch. So I I mean I mean, I don't think she's any more boring than much else on NXT. NXT generally is the more serious wrestling show. I mean, it sort of reminds me of what NWA advertised itself as being rather than what it actually delivered. But sort of your old school wrestling show. Um, so that's a long way of saying I disagree. I, th- I think she's been great, but uh, if they want to move her on to other things, that that's fine too. I'm I'm all for Raquel being the NXT Women's Champion. She's she's amazing and she's she deserves it. So
0: cool. I'm gonna give you a Sophie's choice:
1: Io Shirai
0: or Ziley.
1: Ziley, that, that's that's fancy. Z- is my favorite thing in in all of wrestling. Period.
0: Wow. Even more than Lashley.
1: Okay, she's my second favorite thing in all of wrestling, period. Uh, But I had to think about it. Um, And I don't even really like women's wrestling that much. So that's saying something.
0: Really? All right. Very good. Let's talk about... uh, I mean, unless you've got other stuff to talk about on NXT, I want to just jump into the main
1: event. Just real quickly, Imperium was talking about Thatcher, and Champa was, was sort of talking across that, but he's only interested in Walter. Uh, that's could be sort of interesting. Um, we already talked about Zia Lee. she almost murdered Kate and Carter, but that dummy Casey got 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 in the way and interfered with attempted murder, which is legal in wrestling. Um, Jordan Devlin is coming back with his cruiserweight title, so we're gonna have cruiserweight cruiserweight champion versus cruiserweight champion uh you know but after that yeah i mean the the story here is the main event and the two stories that surround it so yeah take it take it away sir
0: just quickly before going into that the the casey canta thing why are we seeing casey like she's out for a significant period of time unless the whole torn lcl is bullshit which i don't think it is
1: no it isn't bullshit i mean I, i guess they trusted them to do it uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know why they, you know, let Minia shortigan Knox out there. I don't know. I, 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 but, all, but, all I care about is that she interfered with the murder that I was planning to see.
0: They, they... Do you... Oh, here's another we thing. We don't because... need another hero. Because... Oh, please don't start this. <laughs> 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 Are we going to, uh, you're going to sing that and then I'm going to start singing. Uh,
1: the more you pause, the more likely
0: it is that I sing. I know I'm, I'm, I'm queuing up. Uh, we don't need did,
1: another hero.
0: Did you ever know that you're my hero? I feel like I sang this last time at like high school I'm holding up
2: a hero.
0: <laughs> oh my God. This is, we got to keep moving. Um oh jesus you made me lose my train of thought why did they let
2: casey
1: out there is the torn lcl word? no oh, the, oh
0: the, Bo- the boa thing do you think i saw this written somewhere do you think boa loses credibility because he got beat up by casey cantazaro uh limping around with a crutch
1: no he got hit with a crutch big deal and i don't i mean he's fine he's 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 an extra it doesn't matter he's He's basically Jamie Noble. He's 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 Wesley Blake at this point. It doesn't matter. This is this is this is this is, this, this is the apex of his career. But if he does wrestle, I only have one requirement and that is that his finisher is called the constrictor. So it's the boa constrictor.
0: <laughs> the um he for the record, he looks when he turns be, space, it'll be the feathered
1: boa. Sorry.
0: Oh Jesus, he, you're on a roll tonight. All right. For for uh, the record, I just want to make sure that you know everybody understands that boa is two JB Nobles stacked together on sure. top of each other. Because you saw Jamie J. Noble
1: was on TV this week. He he was the medical attention after the no disqualification match, which was. <laughs> called the double DQ or no contest or whatever they did because neither man could get up.
0: Oh, that's right. When, uh, Seamus and Drew, uh, banged heads.
1: Yeah. No, they, they, they jousted with the, with the steps.
0: (laughs) I do like that spot. Like we haven't seen that spot in that fashion. I think Drew like flew over the rail. Like it was, it was good. I liked it.
1: It it I, I liked everything about that match.
0: Um, Finn Balor versus Cole. Pretty good match. Um, I think the bigger takeaway is what this means at the end of the match and how that was built to further along their next programs. We had Kyle O'Reilly come back and face off with Cole, and then you had Karrion Cross face wait, off wait, wait, with
1: – That was Kyle O'Reilly? Yeah, that was Kyle O'Reilly. I thought it was one of the bad guys from Cobra Kai. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? That? that i don't know we, like like the original like in 1983 did you see that outfit he was wearing he had like the 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 white leather belt with like the little spikes on it he had this ridiculously dark denim vest with the sleeves cut off yeah. i mean it, his hair looks like i mean it, it's basically like the lost boys fashion
0: he stole that from triple h circa i what was it like 98 when when you know when he used to wear the leather jacket and the denim cut off
1: yeah, but except, well, yeah, except he's much smaller. And even now, when he was making that face, he still looks like a petulant teenager who's mad at their mom for taking away his PlayStation. You can't have your Game Boy for a week. I'm mad at you, Mom. I hate you. I hope you die. I hope you get hit by a car and die. Kyle O'Reilly just doesn't do anything for me, but if they're going to fight him, and Co- fine. I don't care. But, yeah, Karrion Cross. What took you so long tick tock that 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 was great that that actually sent almost chills down my back, really almost yeah I don't know why
0: like I just don't get the thrill that so many fans happen to have about carrying cross.
1: I think it's just that standing next to Finn he looked like the big show standing next to Seth Rollins
0: hmm yeah I, I, yeah. yeah.
1: I think a lot of people have a lot invested in carrying across doing well because a lot of people have liked him for a long time and have always said he's going to be great in, in WWE, and I'm one of them. And I hope he does because he's the kind of guy we like. He's a legit tough guy. He works hard. He's a good guy. He interact. I mean, like he'll interact with you on Twitter and things like that. We have mutual friends. I'm not. I don't know him, but you know. Kevin Castle, friend of the show, is is, yes. is with them, um, and Kevin's actually going to be on in a couple of weeks. Kevin Castle, not Kevin Cross, um, not unfortunately, but we'd love to have Kevin Cross too. So, Karen, if you're listening, anytime um, to be on the show, not not to fight, um, Steve, <laughs> although, we'll fight Steve, although we
0: although we we want to see that,
1: yeah, no, yes, I'd like to see you fight Steve. Very actually, oh, uh, what, what's your ask rate? Um, <laughs> call me. Um, I don't know. He's big. He's got a good build. He's got cool tattoos. He's got a cool look. He's got a, you know, he's got Scarlet, Scarlet there next to him. He's he's trying to do a cat he's got a character. He's trying to build the whole, you know, the devil, the the tarot, the mysticism. I mean, he's yeah. sort of he's sort of a throwback to the 80s, 90s, sort of what we want. And maybe we're putting too much of our hopes and dreams in him that he's gonna be like a combination of like attitude era. Like sort of like Steve Austin, Triple H, with a touch of Undertaker thrown in there, and it's too much to ask of a guy. But um let's see, let, let's let's see how he does. I, I think his act will translate better on the main roster. I think in some ways, the dry eye smoke, the song, Scarlet, the whole act. I think it. I think it's almost too big for NXT. I, I think it would play better on a bigger stage than sort of like in a, you know, sort of in a great. I sort of feel like it's only like a grade school theater rather than like a Broadway theater. Some things are just too big for the room.
0: Got it. No, I I, I can see that. I just, I don't know. I, I I feel like there's a lot of people in my uh, circle of wrestling uh, a, aficionados mm-hmm. that really are hardcore Carrion Cross fans, and I just, I don't share the same sentiment, but maybe I can. I just need to see more of the guy. I don't know. Um, any other things to talk about NXT before we head on to the news?
1: No, I don't think so. I think I I think that is fine. Yeah, no, I I didn't have anything else on NXT.
0: Excellent. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for news.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the news segment. And we have a lot of news this week. I'm going to try and do it in some order that makes sense. So we're going to start with ratings. SmackDown did 2.16, which was up by 0.15, which is about 150,000. Did a 0.6 in the, in the coveted demos. Raw held steady with a 1.89. That's been the same for three weeks. Impact went up. 10,000, so from 134,000 adjusted, I think I reported 130,000 last week. Uh, it was adjusted to 134. Impact went up by 144,000, so pretty disappointing off of their pay-per-view and off of all the interaction with AEW. So that continues to have mixed results and not trending so great. There's gonna be other impact news that we'll talk about shortly. AEW after the, after the um, revolution pay-per-view, very disappointing, 743,000.32 in the demos, also not so good. NXT also didn't do, do so well. I mean, not unusually poorly for them, but it was a pretty good show. And you'd think if people tuned out AW, maybe they would have tried NXT, but no, not, doesn't seem like it anyway. NXT, 691,000.18 in the demos. So, People were just turned off to wrestling this week. And I don't know, I, I thought both shows were pretty darn good. And even if AEW, if, if you're one of the people who didn't think Dynamite was good, there was at least intriguing stuff to tune in for. All right, MLW, the newest show, only out around 24 hours at this point. When I checked, 24,000 people watched. That's similar to last week. Show from two weeks ago, 63,000, uh, which was a regular show. So that's not great. Three weeks ago, which was that rerun we talked about from uh, uh, 17 years ago or 18 years ago, only 27,000 people have watched, which is only up 2,000 in a week. AW Dark this week, 318,000, also fairly low, especially off of the pay per view. Um, two weeks ago, 393. And for whatever reason, two weeks ago, 548,000. And I checked the the weeks prior and they were in the 300s as well. So I don't know what happened on that 548 week. They must have had a special card. Um, Anyway, we should mention that uh, WrestleMania seats are going on sale this Tuesday. They have limited sales of tickets. I think it's maybe about 5,000. They range from $25 to $2,500, or at least that's my understanding. WrestleMania week plus is going to be crazy. There's going to be your regular shows and then NXT takeover is going to be, I think it's going to be called stand and deliver. It's going to be two nights. The first night is on USA. Um, The second night is going to be on Peacock exclusively. Then we're going to have a hall of fame, which I think is also on Peacock. Then we're going to have SmackDown on Friday. Then we've got WrestleMania Saturday, WrestleMania Sunday Raw Monday, maybe NXT on Tuesday. It's not clear because the NHL apparently signed with ESPN and not USA. So not exactly clear what, if NXT is moving, people are saying, no, they're not. I haven't seen anything confirmed. So I'm not reporting just like we didn't report. There was confirmed they were moving. We're not going to report that's confirmed that they're not moving nights. Um, But nevertheless, NXT will be on Wednesday. So you get a, you might get one day off. You may not, but. You're talking about a week plus of WWE wrestling plus your other wrestling. So, wow. Um, On the Peacock WWE Network thing. So, this is only for the U.S. If you're international, don't pay attention. If you have WWE Network, keep it. If you want to get WWE Network, get the WWE Network. Peacock won't help you um, with this internationally. My understanding is that If you are a WWE member, your membership will cancel on its own. If you have Peacock, if you have a Peacock account, either you've enrolled or you have it through your provider, like I do, it will automatically migrate. Now, not all of the content is going to be on Peacock immediately. So for those of you who, I'm sorry, I'm trying to say ravidly. chew up the the classic content on a regular basis there'll probably be some days that or maybe even some weeks that you're let down but for those of you who use it for the major shows and the new shows it'll be business as usual for you um aw's new show elevation or dark elevation or elevation dark debuts this monday on youtube presumably um, presumably, also at seven or maybe six. I, I I can't imagine they're trying to compete with any of Raw, but maybe. I Who think knows? it's
0: seven. I think it's seven p.m.
1: Is the one-hour show? Uh, yes. Because some of those darks go three, three and a half hours. Um, I just wanted to point out because I didn't do it before that they announced this week that Christian was going to speak and he didn't, and it's the same thing as what they did with Sting. <laughs> Sting's going to speak and no, he didn't. And then I also want to point out that we would that Shaq disappeared and then they sort of caught him sneaking out and there's been no mention of Shaq since. And all of that is a little bit weird. That's not exactly news. It's the absence of news, I suppose. But I felt it was important. All right. Going back to news. Actually, some sad news broke just before we went to air. So I don't have a whole lot of details. Frankly, my only source is Ringside News, who is not always 100%. But I don't think they would get this wrong. But it, it seems like Becky Lynch's father passed away. I get the age or the that's cause. confirmed.
0: That's confirmed by Becky herself.
1: Okay, um, so we pass along our condolences um, to her family and his family and friends. Um, couple other things: Molly Holly has been confirmed as a Hall of Fame inductee again. That'll be on Peacock. John Very Laurinaitis good. has been brought back for the head of talent relationships. So that's Johnny Ace. Course, that's just an olive branch to the Bella family because he's married to uh the Bella's mom. Uh so you know, the Bellas are gonna come back and save us all. Speaking of have, saving have us you,
0: all- speak, hold up before you move in, I don't know if you follow the Bellas uh on Instagram or because that's I believe their social media of choice. Brie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Brie Bri looks like she's already in ring shape, like to come back and Nikki looks like she's getting there, so, you know.
1: No bellows, no, used... no, no peace.
0: I hear you, man. I think we're going to see the Bellas a lot sooner than uh, later.
1: Thank goodness. That's all I have to say. Thank goodness. You already heard this week's qa conspiracy. One of them is that Fat Fiend is causing him to be delayed. <laughs> it's also no, what's causing these heel-on-heel heel Orton matches. Another qa conspiracy is that I have noticed – that the Bucks, Young Bucks, don't seem exactly on. They seem just a little bit off. And I think that maybe one or both of them might be a little bit injured. So I'm not sure, but that's also something we should keep our eye on. You, but but Con confirms it.
0: You mean like a head injury?
1: Like hair plug uh, side effects? <laughs> yeah. Perhaps. Prob- P- perhaps. Probably. No, I, I don't know. It could be, it seems like it could be like a lower back or a hamstring. Some, some Something just seems a little bit off they don't they don't they're not as clean as they used to be in the ring
0: jeff we forgot to mention this during the uh during the uh what's it called the AEW review but mm-hmm. how ridiculous was that spot with what was it I nick jackson matt jackson which one was the one fighting phoenix matt jackson that was matt they they had a spot where matt super kicks phoenix phoenix hits the floor, kips right back up, and then hits an Inziguri. What was that nonsense? Like does does AEW just not give a shit about protecting the super kick?
1: Well, two well, see, you forgot math, which is that I forgot, uh, I forgot math. Positives equals a negative. So one kick would have hurt him, but the second kick re-energized him. And so he was able to do a kick up into an Inziguri. So it was it was the Bucks' fault in that one. It was Matt's fault for doing two super kicks in such quick succession. He it's just basic chemistry. So no, sorry, Steve, wrong again um yes i i absolutely saw that obviously and i didn't want to get into it because we were trying to avoid the blow for blow because we have the big interview with stephen new and just so much news and so much going on but yeah i absolutely noticed that and now the whole world knows that we noticed it and i taught them some chemistry um okay i also need to report another omission and that is that the observer and any outlet associated with david melter absolutely refuses to report impact's pay-per-view numbers they absolutely know what they are and they're not reporting them they reported proudly that the most recent pay-per-view was the second best-selling pay-per-view since impact acquired tna which is about seven years now the first best was Less than a year ago, after the WWE cuts, when they were teasing Rusev and Drake Maverick and, you know, Mm -hmm. and Heath Slater Mm -hmm. and everybody else, and some of them showed up and some of them didn't. Okay. So memory doesn't serve that well, but I think seven years ago, their pay per view buys were well under 50,000. So the the first best for all we know could have been eleven hundred, and the second best would have been eleven fifty. If the first best was twenty and the second was nineteen, it would still be the second best. All I know is that Josh Nason told me on Twitter, and Steve, you saw because you were tagged on it, is yeah. that he said, "Yeah, all I know is that they're they're pretty low, like Ring of Honor's Battle Royal when there's when there's small shows like that. That it's it's really we don't report the numbers, so, something something like that." But they know the numbers, at least for impact, they just choose not to report them. So don't get excited that it was the second best selling since TNA turned into Impact. Because the first best selling was less than a year ago and those numbers weren't reported. If the numbers were good, they'd report them. Impact would report them, and so would the observer. So absolutely. Everyone... It just
0: it just fits their narrative of being anti-WWE.
1: Yep. So everyone, shame them. Because whether you love AEW, you love Impact or not, they're supposed to be journalists and they should report news that they know. They shouldn't withhold it. It's just numbers. And you know what? If you're an Impact fan and they tell, they tell you that it's low, get your friends to watch Impact. Get your friends to buy pay-per-views. Have a, have a pay-per-view party at your house. You know, you, you you can do something about it if this product is great. Um, so anyway, there it is. Just they If they're journalists, they should report news. More on Impact. So the Sacrifice pay-per-view is this weekend. And we have learned that the phony title, the TNA title, which they <laughs> have reinstated, Funny. held by Moose, is going to be unified with the Impact title held by Rich Swan. Spoiler alert, if you don't want to listen, just tune ahead uh, 30 seconds or so. The guy who's not a free agent in a couple months wins. Rich Swan wins. Moose doesn't. The end. So the winner of that will face the AEW champion, which I believe they said Kenny Omega, which is maybe a spoiler, maybe not, um, at the next uh, Impact pay-per-view, which is called Rebellion, I think in a couple of months.
0: Um, For some reason, I picked up that it was going to be on the same night.
1: No. Uh, and it's not clear that that's going to be a unification match or even belt versus belt at this point. Well, we'll I mean, we'll see. It's not that important yet. They might not have even have decided for all I know. Um, but this was pretty much telegraphed when they first did the logo weeks or even months ago where there was an Omega symbol in the middle of it. So come on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We covered the Joey Ryan suit to the extent that that we, uh, with our interview with Steven News. That was great. We also talked about Joey Mercury's suit. By the way, his real name is Adam Birch. It's in the lawsuit. as public record now. Um, And we're going to continue tracking that. Um, As far as other news is concerned, I honestly think that that's it. I think, I think, I think I got through all the news. Hey, good on me. Did I, did I miss anything? No, I think you got everything. Everything oh, seems to be... I did. I'm sorry. The Ring of Honor 19th anniversary pay-per-view is March 26th. It's going to be four hours, the first hour free um, on their YouTube channel. Um, you know, the, the card has a lot of title versus title, a lot of grudge matches. If you like a Ring of Honor or you want to give it a chance, it's probably going to be a, a solid card up and down, but you know, not a lot of people watch it. But if you tune into Popular Review and become a Patreon, you can see my reviews of ring of honor weekly, as well as my major league wrestling reviews. And when NWA comes back, I'll try to do reviews, but I, I am not paying for their, their pay-per-view before any stories. I, I don't care if it's $10. I'm not paying for it.
0: Very good. Yeah. Make sure you uh, check that out. Our uh, unpopular review, Patreon and leave a like and leave some messages for evil dose. Uh, the Malachi. And he will get back to you as soon as possible.
1: I sure will. I just want to plug Garden of Doom, my my non-wrestling podcast. We are going to start reviewing the 70s classic show, Land of the Lost. I have an all-star panel, um, some impressive people there. And we're going to do episodes one through six of season one this weekend. And so obviously every four to six weeks we'll do another six episodes or so. And there's 43 episodes in total. So should be a lot of fun. And I have to tell you, this shit is deeper than I thought. It's dope. It's going to be fun. So tune it in and, and, and a lot of garden of doom's a little bit heavy. This is not, this is, this is going to be fun.
0: Excellent. Very good. I look forward to hearing that. Um, all right, guys, I think that's it. That's going to wrap up episode 21. I hope you learned something. I mean, we've talked the last two episodes of a lot of legal briefs and, uh, now you, maybe you can officially call yourself a legal scholar after these two episodes. Uh, But yeah, very interesting stuff, especially as it, uh, you know, ties into this independent contractor debate and more to come. And uh, the Hammerlock Hangover will be here for it. So please keep keep stay tuned and uh, share with all your friends the awesome reporting and interviewing that we're doing. Uh, and share it all over the place—Facebook, Twitter, Instagram—all over. Let's let's drive these listens up, guys.
1: Yep. Thanks to Stephen P. New for appearing, uh, Hammerlock Hangover exclusive, um, and Steve, my friends. Very good, everybody. Stay safe,
0: and thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to the Hammerlock Hangover podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please rate us as if you were Okada in the Tokyo Dome and leave us seven stars or as many likes as you can. Please share our awesome podcast with all your friends and family who enjoy wrestling and your favorite social media outlet. If you want to interact with us, you can find Hammerlock Hangover on Facebook and Twitter, you can also email us at hammerlockhangover at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope to catch you on the next episode.